0: Welcome to The Earspoon. This is Fish, and we have started a special line of interviewing called A Call to Action. We hope to distribute as much quality information to you about an ever-changing landscape, but please keep in mind, as it does change often, so might this information. It's all dated, and by all means, before acting on any of it, verify it. And as all Earspoon podcasts, it is presented to you by Mocha Joes. If you live locally, they are offering curbside pickup, and they're still doing shipping through their website, MochaJoes.com. Welcome to A Call to Action, a series presented by Great Eastern Radio and Brattleboro Community Television. We're covering many different topics from what it looks like for people in a crisis in the food supply chain and uh, what we're doing about it. Today we're talking with former governor for the state of Vermont, Howard Dean, who held the position from 1991 to 2003 uh, and going on to make his own run at the White House. One of the things that keeps popping up in the news today is uh, mail-in voting and the concern and what it looks like seven months from now. So we'd like to discuss that with you today.
1: Welcome to A Call to Action. Thanks for having me.
0: All right. Well, um, I, we assume you're uh, sheltering in place at home here in Vermont?
1: In my house in Burlington.
0: All right. Excellent. All right. So there are a lot of questions um, at the moment in, in this point in time, and, and, uh, and we get that With everything changing and we don't really know anything, there's going to be a lot of conjecture in the questions Um, asked when, again, with the answers given. With that understanding, how do you feel
1: the 2020 elections will unfold? Well, it's almost impossible to tell, given all that's going on. I'm pretty optimistic, Um, you know, the president is incompetent, as most people uh, think is the case. Uh, and he's dishonest, and he's a crook. So, uh, you know, we should be able to beat him. Uh, But many things can happen in an election, and I think it was a big shock to all of us that he was elected in the first place. Uh, But I am optimistic. I'm also optimistic that we're going to take over the Senate. I think there's nine Republican seats that are in trouble, and that's pretty much confirmed by the Republicans in terms of charting their spending. They're supporting John Cornine in Texas. I never thought that he'd be in trouble, but obviously he is.
0: Okay. Yeah, there was. Uh, I know that is one branch of the uh, of the government that we need, and and if something that I've often said is okay. You at some point in time you can uh, you can no longer blame the child. You have to begin to blame the parents, and I think that's uh, that's kind of what we're seeing in the Senate, at least by my estimation.
1: Uh, well, I certainly would blame Mitch McConnell for a great deal, and I think the others, most of the others, are just blind followers and they're not executing their duty. I uh, I would agree.
0: Now our President has currently gone on record and uh, that stating that mail-in voting is a bad idea and it could lead to voter fraud. Is he
1: right? No, of course not. He just makes that up as he goes along. He, I, look, I don't pay any attention to what Trump says. He no, has no credibility. He says three different things in one sentence that contradict each other. And, and he's told something like 10,000 lies in the first three years of administration. So why would you pay any attention to things Trump says? As the mainstream media politely says, Uh, Trump asserted without evidence. And in fact, uh, this is used in five states completely. In Oregon, there are no polls anymore, except for uh, there's a few uh, pop-ups essentially for homeless people and so forth so that they can vote. But generally speaking, everybody gets a ballot. And that's a system that's actually under contemplation uh, with the Secretary of State and the governor in this uh, state. I think it's a great idea. It does increase turnout by seven or 8% everybody gets a chance to vote and it's much easier for them and in the end it's cheaper although of course you have to pay for the you know sending the ballots back and forth right and so but it's curious
0: because I, I i don't i think all states have early voting and of course our military that are abroad get to vote via mail um so i thought it was a i thought it was a slightly unusual statement
1: well the republicans are worried that the more people that vote the less they'll well they'll do which is true Uh, The only, the two, last two Republican presidents were elected uh, with a minority of the votes. Uh, Bush did get a 500,000 vote plurality on his re-election, but his election and uh, and Trump's election were when they didn't get, you know, the Democrats got more votes than they did. So, um, you know, they have some right to fear that, uh, but, you know, (laughs) trying to jimmy the results by restricting voting and all these phony voter IDs and all this kind of stuff, this is all nonsense. How about Trump claiming that in New Hampshire, they bust people in from Massachusetts? I mean, you know, these people are just liars, and you just have to say, tell the truth. I mean, Bernie used to call them pathological liars. Well, that's the fact.
0: Right. It is, uh, it, it is, it, it's, a, it's a strange, it's a strange path, but then we're on a lot of strange paths these days. Yes,
1: we are. And actually, it's a very dangerous path, and I'm hoping that we're going to do something about it.
0: Well, I, I, as, as do I. Um, postponing an election, is that possible? Is that something that we have to worry about?
1: Well, we should always worry about everything, but the House and the Senate would have to vote to postpone the election, the United States Senate and the United States House. I think that's incredibly unlikely.
0: Okay. Um, and I'm I'm just going to push back on that a little bit because I think we've been seeing a lot of unlikely behavior. So I do, I do get concerned about it. I'm not a conspiracy guy and never have been, but you know, I mean- what I keep seeing over and over will will break you down. I mean, what I think we're okay in the House. I, I do worry if it hits the Senate, though.
1: Well, it would require a bill. That is the the, the law states that the election uh, shall be on the first Tuesday after the first Monday in November. So that's what the law is. Uh, I don't think you can counteract that with an executive. Uh, order. Uh, In fact, I know you can't, most constitutional scholars don't believe you can. I think if the president actually tried to do that, what would happen is a large number of states would have the election anyway, um, as it would go, be working its way through the courts.
0: So it would just, it would move to a state to state decision.
1: Well, the states run the elections that, you know, the president's claiming that he has all this power that he doesn't have. He doesn't have the power to open states or undo governor's emergency orders or anything of that sort. And he doesn't have the power to, uh, to run elections, the federal government doesn't run elections in this country. It's they're run by the 50 states and the uh, five territories.
0: Okay, all right. Well, that puts me at ease a little bit.
1: A little bit. <laughs> a little Trump bit. will try, though. Trump tried to shut down Congress the other day, which he doesn't have the power to do either. So, I know. I know. You know the problem yeah. is he says all this stuff, and the cable stations religiously play it all, and then they counteract it in the narrative. But but he's got the biggest megaphone. Yeah. Uh, and it's a major problem. I think the mainstream media is a huge problem in this country.
0: Yeah, it it, it, it definitely it can feed it. And as it as it scrambles for ratings, uh, for sure. I, right. get, I get a little concerned about that. He's, these everyday press conferences have turned more into uh, rallies.
1: That's what they are. And the media and the media has no business televising them because they're completely unfactual. And they for them to televise Trump's propaganda conferences and not. Biden's town meetings is absurd. Right.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I mean what one uh you know everybody loves a good uh, a good car wreck, right?
1: Yes, well, we hope not to be the
0: victims. Right, exactly. Um of, of course, everything right now we have 100% focus on the pandemic and of course we have no way of knowing when this thing will be over, but 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 let's just say it's over in 60 days. What what do these candidates after this need to be talking
1: about well it's not going to be over in 60 days i'm happy to answer the question um you know i I, as you may remember i also have an md and i'm not a public health official but i have spent an enormous amount of time uh talking to public health people who uh, who are you know very very smart uh and by the way um i think mark Levine is doing a terrific job uh, our health commissioner he is. Um, And so what's good, you know, this business of uh, flattening the curve, which we've been incredibly successful at doing in Vermont, um, that, that does not decrease the rate of infection. It simply spreads it out. Uh, so we're all, you know, the same people who are going to get infected are eventually going to get infected. It's just not going to happen nearly as fast as if we observe social distancing. The purpose of flattening the curve was to save lives, but it's to save lives by making sure the healthcare infrastructure doesn't collapse as it has in New York, for example, New York City. Right. So we're not going to suddenly, 60 days from now, not have any more infections. The only time that's going to happen is when we have a vaccine. Then it will be under control, and I think that's 12 to 18 months from now. So I think we're going to be talking about COVID during the campaign. We're also presumably going to be talking about other issues um, there was a fascinating interview on uh, VPR this morning with Jeb Spaulding, the chancellor of the, uh, of the state college system, and he thinks, and I agree with him, that education is going to be transformed by this. And while it may be transformed in a good way, it's also going to be unbelievably disruptive. Uh, and those are the kinds of things we should be talking about in the campaign, not just uh, COVID virus and what are we going to do about it immediately, but also what are we going to do about the huge disruptions uh, as a result? Another thing. Uh, is employer based healthcare it's turned out not to be a good idea so now what are we going to put in in its place uh healthcare universal healthcare that's not employer based uh is going to be very important so these are huge issues that are going to come up they're going to come up in the campaign but they will come up in the context of coronavirus
0: all right so so you, you your your firm belief is that we're still we're still talking about the uh, coronavirus um, into the election. We're so. going
1: to have to, because it's going to be a reality in everybody's voice, in everybody's life. I believe that both the primary and the general election will most likely be conducted by mail here in this state, because I think it's too much of a risk to put, all, I mean, we're going to see what happens in Wisconsin when the Republicans thought they were going to suppress the vote by having a, 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 an in-person election in the middle of a, a pandemic, which didn't work because people were so angry about it. Um, I, our guys aren't going to do that here. We ha- our Republicans are sane in this. I love Vermont for, because we still all get along together. We may yep. disagree, but we treat each other as human beings. Um, and I, I don't think I can't imagine that happening uh, here. But I do believe that we're going to have uh, male elections in both the primary and the general uh, simply because that's going to be the smartest health wise, the smartest thing to do.
0: Well, we, 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 tend to, uh, we tend to lead the way, our little state, and, and, and the way we, we do things. And for that reason, I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of the way we, we act, and even when we reach across the party lines. So with all that in mind, I, I've, I've been kind of regurgitating something myself when people ask me about this question, about getting the states open up, and getting the economy rolling, and doing all that, and, and being hurried because people are panicking. Uh, but if people are dying, nobody's buying. All right. And, and right. by that, I mean, you know, if, if there's nobody in the in the economy, there is no economy. Uh, justifiably, people are worried about it and uh, they desperately want to get back to business as usual. And I think we know where you you stand on, on that alone. I mean, you, you just you just cited it. But how how does this roll out? How how do you if you were still governor? how how would you how would you get the state back into?
1: I would probably not be doing much different than Scott is and Levine and so forth. Um, you know wh- what they're gonna do is be very cautious about trying to reopen, uh, and they should. Um, I think we we're gonna at some point and the and it looks like we're in a very good place right now, relatively speaking. I mean, we're obviously people are still dying in Vermont, so you can't say it's a good place, but it's a better place, a much better place than it could be. And a much better place, frankly, than it will be when some of these uh, midwestern people like Christy Nome, you know, are just going to lay waste to their own populations by not having any uh, restrictions. Um, but you have to try opening very, very slowly, very, very carefully, piece at a time, and then you've got to watch. We really do need universal testing. This was the biggest screw up of the many, many screw ups of the Trump administration: is not to have testing. All this stuff, by the way, was recommended in a pandemic task force that was started by George W. Bush and continued by Barack Obama, and and Trump just fired everybody when he got there because he's just a megalomaniac or something's the matter with him, psychiatrically. I'm not exactly sure what the diagnosis is. Um, So he threw all that stuff out. We need to go back to that. The way to manage a pandemic is to test people because there are an awful lot of asymptomatic carriers who can spread the disease around without knowing they're they're sick themselves, which is actually... What happened in many cases? Mm-hmm. It's a very, very easily "quote unquote" spreadable disease. I mean, it is very contagious, uh, and obviously a very serious one, as we as we know from bitter experience. Um, so caution is the way. Is the uh, and as Phil says, let's pay attention to the science as we roll out. So I suspect there'll be an ease, uh, an easing, and I suspect there'll be a time where the easing went just a little too far, and they have to tighten back up. or then this we're going to titrate this until we get a vaccine, and then we'll do mass vaccination, um, and then we'll presumably solve the problem. I mean, that's a lot easier to say than it is to do. Sure,
0: sure. Yeah, there's, a, there, there's certainly a lot of moving parts, and, and, I, and I try to be fair to everybody by just saying, you know, nobody pandemics well. All right, <laughs> yes, <laughs> and we are all just we're all figuring this out on the fly and and this comes right from we'll just stay within the borders of Vermont uh you know and and I do think that Phil Scott has been doing a good job, and that whole team that he has put forth has been doing a good job um and and I think you you've you've echoed that you feel the same way, correct
1: I do uh, I do I mean we have policy disagreements on health care and you know minimum wage and parental leave and stuff like that, but uh, this is important. Uh, I mean, this is, nobody can foresee this. Uh, I had nine 11 on my watch, but that was a federal problem and it was 300 miles away. And so in Vermont, it lasted about five days while the flights were disrupted and all that. This is a much more uh, serious problem, but there, fortunately, uh, Phil, as I would have done and others would have done, I, I, you know, I can't think of a governor in Vermont that wouldn't have done this is paying careful attention to the science. And making his decision based on the facts and not based on politics, and I think that's extremely important.
0: Right. Well, it's it's good. It's it's just it's just nice to hear uh, from somebody who um, who who would have been in that role if you had stayed in that role and would have been dealing with it. So um, we uh, we we thank you for your time today. I know that you're busy. You're still uh, you're still actively working, and, and we'll see you on TV from time to time.
1: Less so now that I have a, had a falling out with MSNBC over their over their uh, Trump collage that they have every night. Uh,
0: well, you know, we'll, we'll keep, well, you're welcome back on A Call to Action anytime. Well,
1: that's good. I appreciate that. All right. <laughs> More important audience anyway.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Howard Dean, take care. All right. See, see you later. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to a special segment of The Earspoon called A Call to Action. As we navigate the waters, of a worldwide pandemic. More information will follow. And as always, be safe and be six feet apart.